This is Ian Perry. Welcome to Keeping Green. Broadcasting from the University of Calgary at 90.9 FM on Treaty 7 land and in Métis Region 3. If you feel incredibly relaxed listening to the sounds that you hear, well, that's no surprise. And this is just part of the ritual known as Shindin-yoku, or as Westerners call it, forest bathing or forest therapy. Scientifically proven to reduce stress and boost your immune system. Just 20 minutes a day in a natural space soaking in the sights and sounds could change your life. Here to discuss this with me is Rana Schneeberger. Rana has been a naturalist interpretive hiking guide in Banff National Park for 25 years. She is a master interpreter with the Interpretive Guides Association, professional hiking guide with the Association of Canadian Mountain Guides, and a forest therapy guide and trainer with the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy. Stick around. Can you describe, first of all, what Shinrin-yoku is and what its origins are? Absolutely. Maybe I'll start with its origins to help you gain perspective of what it is and what it isn't. So um, Shinrin-yoku started in Japan in the 1980s in response to a health crisis. So in at that time, they were going more towards a tech society and it was creating a lot of stress, high levels of stress, anxiety, depression, suicide rates had gone up, um, as, well, as well as autoimmune issues had gone up. And so a lot of officials were thinking, oh, you know, what are we going to do to help our people? And intuitively, many of them thought, well, you know, let's just try getting them outside more and see if that helps. And it, it did. And so they started to move towards formalizing this and they coined the term Shinrin-yoku. So if we read it as, as English people, we would say Shinrin, but the way they pronounce it is Shindin-yoku. And that means to bathe in the atmosphere of the forest. So they started a bunch of research projects at that time. And one of the, the questions they asked is, what happens when humans are exposed to trees? turns out a lot of good things happen when humans are exposed to trees. So what they realized is that uh, what will happen to us when we go outside in this way is that our cortisol levels goes down. That's your stress hormone. Uh, blood pressure can go down. Heart rate can go down. Heart rate variability can improve. And um, it helps reset your nervous system, you know, helps brain function. And the other thing they realized is that the trees themselves give off these, they shower themselves with these organic chemical compounds called phytoncides. And this is how the trees protect themselves from things like fungal attacks. But as humans, we've evolved in the forest. And what happens is our bodies have a really interesting reaction. When we breathe those phytoncides in and we get them on our skin, what happens is they boost your natural killer cells, which is your cancer-fighting, tumor-fighting white blood cells. So they 
boost your immune system. We can't say that they, they you know, prevent cancer or they cure cancer. We can't say that yet because we don't know. But we know that they'll boost your immune system. So this is where they got the term bathing in the atmosphere of the forest. So you're essentially bathing in the atmosphere of the forest through your senses. So that's, that's where it began. And to help you understand what it is, sometimes it's helpful to understand what it's not. So uh, most people connect to nature by going for a hike. You know, you and I love hiking. Um, it's not a hike. So when I lead a two or three hour walk, we might go 300 meters in that whole two or three hours. So we're not going anywhere. Um, the other way people connect to nature is by going out with a naturalist. And um, we tell fun stories and it's inspiring, but that's not what I do when I do forest. You know, I take people on these guided forest bathing experiences. Um, I don't name stuff. So it's really a third way of connecting to nature for the sheer sake of connecting to nature for our health and our well-being. And that does lead me into the the, the question of uh, how does this really differ? And you touched on that. It's it's guided and it it's not about this sort of achievement that you can so much put your finger on. Our Our mountain community is overwhelmed with hiking, running, and ski culture. And it's it's a lot about personal achievement. This seems to be uh, gaining in, in an immaterial sense, isn't it? It's gaining in a spiritual sense as a practice. Yeah, it's really simple. Uh, it's really all about connecting to nature for the sake of connecting to nature. And, you know, I'll say that as a guy of 25 years, I thought I was pretty nature connected. Um, but then when I started this practice, I realized that um, I was maybe compared to the average person, but there was so much more connection that I, I have developed since doing these practices. And the fulfillment that it has created in my life has been significant absolutely significant and um so really yeah it's an opportunity to just connect and it's really subtle it's really really subtle so after i do walks pretty well every single walk i i do i'll have somebody comment and say oh i haven't felt this way since i was a kid and you know i didn't even know i was missing it but i see now that i need this just time in nature time in the forest just as much as I need exercise and things like that. So it's something many of us have had, some of us haven't, and we didn't even know we were missing it until we tasted it at another time. I think that as someone who is incredibly active in the Rockies, I've I've come to feel like there is almost nowhere new for me to go as far as like athletic achievement, ski tour or mountaineer. And I walk away from all of these days in the mountains, all of these trips feeling like there could have been more. And yet there really can't be as far as climbing more mountains, skiing more slopes and, and so on and couloirs. I, I always walk away with the feeling that I won't get any further ahead the more I, I pound it out. And so I think that this feels like taking outdoor pursuit into a different direction, into a spiritual direction. Um, do you think that uh, athletic culture in Banff and Canmore, I don't want to pick on you guys, this is a North American and a Western 
idea, but does athletic culture lack a reverence or a spiritual connection to place in your view? Uh, as somebody who's, you know, been on that side of things, I, I wouldn't necessarily say so. I, I say, I guess it depends really. I would say that many people I know that are guides and mountain guides and mountain biking, there is this reverence for the place. It's just different. It's, it's just really different. And there is an appreciation. Yeah. Some people are just really out there for themselves, but I, I, a lot of people that I know are, they're just like, oh my God, this is so cool. This is so amazing. And they go there and it is a spiritual reverence for them. It's, it's a way to feel alive in this world. Um, with forest bathing, forest therapy, it's just a different, it's another way to feel alive in this world and alive in our bodies. Yeah, of course. There's, there's no need to elevate one practice above another. Um, I do appreciate, uh, that there are there are more than one way to to get something out of your day. I I can sense though that there's a a high degree of of increasing visitation, and with COVID nineteen and people are turning to the mountains more and more to pass the time to relieve stress. This seems like a pivotal moment for this kind of activity. Have you experienced a, a spike in, in interest? Have you experienced more clientele in the last several months as, as a, compared to the last few years? Yeah, so you're right in that it's crazy out here. There's like, there's lineups on trails that used to be quiet trails. It's just insanely busy, which is awesome that more people are getting outside and, and realizing that they need to spend time outside. They they just need to get outside. So I think that's fantastic. Uh, I hope our government will open up more parks versus close the ones we have because um, we really need it. Um and, you know, it's interesting, it's a good comment in that we've been, from, from a forest therapy, forest bathing perspective, there's more articles and talks on this particular subject than I've ever seen so far. So each year we're getting more and more, but this year there's a lot. Um, and there's, there, uh, I've been working with what's called the BC Parks Foundation, who is working with, um, to, working with doctors, and they've just launched the first... Uh, Parks Rx program here in Canada, where they're encouraging doctors and nurses and psychologists and so on, uh, medical professionals to encourage, like give nature prescriptions. So this just launched before Christmas. And so I've been working with them, uh, guiding doctor, exhausted doctors and nurses uh, to help their own mental health and wellness. And so I do think we're at a pivotal moment in that we are going to see more and more of this. Um, as we go forward, we, we haven't reached the tipping point yet, but we're getting there. I've also saw that because of the pandemic as guides, we've been offering this online, like as a, uh, remotely led experience, which is working really well, I have to say. So as guides, we use something called a standard sequence. We use a process we take people through to help them connect deeper to the natural themselves and the natural world. And yeah, it's been working really, really well. And so what's happening is that we are able to offer this practice to more people that we would never have before. So I think there's a combination where there's more ads, right? There's also a, a people see they need to get outside. And then we're coming in saying, hey, you can try this for people to be kind of, one, there's more of a need to try something because people are stressed out right now. And two, they're willing to try this because it's been in the media a lot. So yeah, we are getting more interest in it. 
And there's more people doing guide training. Like I train guides. Uh, yeah, I train guides all over the world and uh, through an online pa- platform right now because none of us can travel. Um, and yeah, it's fascinating. Fascinating. We're definitely building in scope. It's awesome. You're listening to my discussion with Rana Schneeberger, a guide with the Association of Forest Therapy who leads forest bathing walks in Banff and Canmore. Rana's walks derive from the Japanese tradition of Shin-Din, which is proven to relieve stress and boost the immune system. Now here's more of our discussion. Do you see its role in building awareness toward more environmental conservation? Does mindfulness and, and uh, forest bathing in particular have a part to play in, in really protecting from like defunded parks, for instance, and coal mines popping up in Alberta? Um, it's a good question. With forest bathing, the practice, we are different than mindfulness in that mindfulness, you know, it's more of a non-judgmental awareness of the moment. In forest bathing, I'm, I'm orienting people to their senses, which orients them to the body and orients them to the place. But I'm also helping them notice this sense of pleasure of being outside. And I'm also inviting them to explore a sense of reciprocity in their experience. So as Westerners, we tend to take, we take, 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 like even, even the way forest, ba- forest therapy and forest bathing is, is portrayed on the media. It's like, this is what you can get from being in nature. And it's not what we can give nature. So we're always weaving that in, into the practice. And for uh, most, I'd say like, yeah, most people, it's just, it's so nourishing to give back. So to, to bring this reciprocity back into play, because we haven't been taught that. And as people get, get reestablished this connection to nature, they start, at least I know for me, I've started to see nature more as kin versus, you know, that Douglas fir tree or that white spruce or that, you know, lodgepole pine. It's more like this really is my relations here. And I know First Nations, I've heard them say that for years and intellectually I understood it, but it wasn't until I did this practice that I got it in my body as a, as a felt sense. And so there is an opportunity for people to connect deeper to the natural world. And when they connect deeper, sometimes what happens is there's this sense of grief as to what we've been doing to to the natural world. Once they get through that grief, then there's also this desire to protect her. And, you know, whether people write write letters to their MLAs or they just pick up garbage on the trail, like it's just going to be a very personal thing. But there is more of a desire to protect and be stewards, like to tend the land because they see the land as like this, yeah, it's like a, an extension of themselves. And this is my job is to tend this place. So it doesn't necessarily happen in a two hour walk. Maybe it happens over a period of time. But I definitely see different flavors, different, uh, you know, actions that people take. Some people don't, and that's okay. Uh, and some people do. In my last interview, we got into this idea of the wellness index as opposed to GDP as a way to gauge the prosperity of society. And I think that the secret doorway into that transition is to provide awareness of the natural world. And I think it's it's in what you're doing, it seems to me to be exactly the the direction we, we need to go. If people feel 
this natural world as an extension of themselves and as kin, as you say, then perhaps it's not such a far cry to say, yeah, if you cut down the old growth or chop tops off of mountains, our society does suffer. The natural world suffers, but but our society suffers because we as individuals and collectively as a society benefit from the protection of natural spaces, both physically because we get air and clean water, but also spiritually because of the recreational benefit, cultural services, uh, aesthetic value, and so on and so on. And so I think you have really put your finger on this, and that's why I think it is a pivotal time for bringing these kinds of practices to the fore. Yeah, and you know the key, Ian? The key is nearby nature. It's the park, it's the yard, it's the things that are close for people to access. That's that's where it starts for most. You know, not everyone knows how to hike and climb and ski and mountain bike, so not everyone knows how to do that. But it's it's the nearby nature is what's going to make the difference. So it's the communities that make sure that they have lots of parks or that they have green space downtown. Um, those Those are the places that are doing it right for that connection to continue to grow. Well said. It's not just about the uh, the park that is 100 kilometers from your house or 200. It's, uh, yeah. it's the well-maintained spaces, even on campus. I was listening to Dr. Suzanne Bartlett Hackenmiller, who is also a guide, an, a, uh, an ANFT guide, as we call ourselves. And she was talking the other day about, you know, obviously the immune-boosting effects of being in nature. But she also referred to a study that I hadn't read yet that uh, talks about how when we spend five minutes in nature, it will help us. But it seems like that 20 minute mark will really, and you can do anything, whether it's, you know, forest bathing or, or um, going mountain biking or hiking or whatever, or walking in your local park will really make a significant difference to your mental health. So I just really encourage people to take time every day to go for a walk get some sunshine um, and get outside doing some of your favorite activities right now. Um, I also encourage people to find guides in your area and just try it. Try this whole forest bathing thing because there's a certain process that we take people through. And once you learn how, you can go do it anywhere. And um, it's really this process of slowing down and tuning into your senses. And when we do that, what's fascinating, what I see as a guide, is that our whole system recalibrates itself to our natural state of being, which is equanimity. Our natural state of being isn't stress and anxiety and depression. Our natural state of being is an equanimity. And our body knows what to do when we're outside and it starts to find its way home into that that's, that state. But you've got to slow down and you've got to tune into your senses. And the reason why going with a guide is helpful is because the guide will take you through a process that you may not have known to do before. And just by kind of sandbagging this time and this experience and maybe not checking your phone every five seconds that will help you drop into this experience so that when you learn how to do it you can just do mini sessions even for yourself and it'll make a huge difference for your health and your well-being so 
what I what I've just seen through the research is just so fascinating how we're really just a bunch of biology. <laughs> like we're just a bunch of biology. So things like looking at blue sky or or blue water or green forest helps your nervous system shift from the stress side, which they call the sympathetic nervous system, to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the calm side. So our our biology knows what to do when we're outside. We just have to help it slow down so that we can get that calming, relaxing effect embodied effect of being in nature so i'd really encourage people to just go check out you know on the association of nature and forest therapy on our website um i think if you put an anft.earth our last title now is earth there's um there's a map and you can see who's in your area and i've been training guides now and i know most of the canadian guides and there's there's uh, guides in all the large cities now all throughout the country and in lots of smaller communities and a lot of us are doing virtual walks right now as well so you, you know it's 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 a small investment but you when you learn this tool it can really help you especially during these times like we're in a we're in a marathon here and we're not out yet and we don't know when we're going to get out so having these kind of tools for your health and wellness can make a big difference and the other thing if you have kids get your kids outside get them off their screens and go do something go do something like go skiing go hiking go you know go play let them go play but just get them off their screens outside kick them outside Tell them to go play outside. I, I know they're quiet when they're on their screens, which is really nice a lot of the time, but it's not it's not good for them. It's just really not good for them. It's so stressful and they get sucked in just like we do. And so as parents, we need to be on that. And just like when I was a kid, I just I would leave after supper and I would just like cruise the neighborhood and I knew that I had to be back at a certain time and I'd come back. So yeah, just kick your kids outside. Maybe get together with a couple other neighborhood uh, mamas or papas and say, okay, six o'clock they're I'm sending them to the park like just get them outside so I think those kind of things like really basics I'm not talking you know I'm not talking major things but really basic things right now will make a huge difference so yeah and the other thing just to give a shout out if, if anyone listening to this is a doctor a nurse or a naturopath or physio or a psychologist go and check out the BC Parks Foundation um and the the uh, that program um, of for prescribing the Parks Rex program uh, so that you can get on board with that because um, this one doctor, Dr. Susan, Suzanne Bartlett Hackenmiller, she started doing this about four or five years ago and she took, she went from offering like 285 uh, drug prescriptions a month down to four and the rest was nature therapy. It made a huge difference. Because the nature therapy, it does, it works on stress, it can, like it works on so many levels. It's not just one thing, right? And it's, it's accessible, it's easy, anybody can do it. So if you're, if you're one of those folks, medical personnel, go check out the Parks Rx program in Canada. And um, yeah, see if you can support them somehow. Right now, I'm maybe a little plug for myself is uh, I've been I'm gonna I'm gonna I am offering these walks now to groups of people um, I have been doing public walks but I, I think as we're just still in the midst of all of this uh, I'm gonna be offering this to groups of people and so uh, people are interested my website is forestfix.ca this is also a really good opportunity for workplaces to do like a wellness team building 
activity. And this is the perfect thing because it reduces stress. It helps people connect. We can easily social distance outside. I can't, I've had numerous companies contact me and saying, I am so done. I am so done. I just need something to help me like get grounded, fill up my cup, recalibrate, reset. I am so done. Can you help me? <laughs> so like that's, that's fried. Like the other thing that I've, I'm just putting together, it's on, it's, and it'll be on my website soon is, is, uh, packages where HR, human resources, can purchase a bunch of um, gift certificates for their staff to give out for people who maybe just need a pick-me-up. They don't need counseling. They don't need psychologists. They just need something, a pick-me-up to give them a boost, get them grounded, recalibrate once again, and uh, connect to joy, peace, calm. Um, so that, I'll be, that will be out on my website here very shortly. So there's lots of great opportunities for companies to help their staff. This is a great thing to help your staff with. You bet. That is that is just excellent. So we will keep our eye on uh, forcedfix.ca. That's correct? Yep. All right. Well, Rana, thank you for coming uh, on with us today. I very much appreciate it, and our listeners will as well, I'm sure. And uh, we look forward to seeing uh, how things develop and uh and how this really takes uh, hold in our society more broadly. Let's, let's uh, hope it does. That's our episode. Remember, you can find Keeping Green at cjsw.com. Just search Keeping Green and follow us on Twitter at Keeping underscore podcast. Until next time, keep it green. <laughs>